Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. We bless you and we honor you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Heartland Church. It's such a joy for me to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Dave and the eldership team for the opportunity to be here. I'm so grateful and I really deem it a privilege. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, Heartland is not only uh, the central or most important part of a country, the Heartland of the United States, for example. But I believe God wants to speak. I wonder if we can just play um, the soaking music, please. I believe God wants to speak to you concerning your geographical position. And that what that means for you, specifically as a church called Heartland Christian Center or Center or Church. Notice the word heart that is connected to the word. And God has deposited his heart here. His heart for the lost. His heart for the hungry and the broken and the hurting. And I believe that God has got a divine purpose for this house. As I was waiting on the Lord. He dropped this in my spirit. He said, I've marked Heartland to be an epicenter of revival in this region. And I ask you to close your eyes for a moment, please. Just receive from the Spirit of the Lord. There's been a cry, a travail like a woman in childbirth. In your spirits now for a sustained season, I heard the Lord say. This has been brought on by the unction and the working of my spirit within you. Expressing the deep heartfelt longings and cry of my spirit for revival, renewal, a spiritual awakening and a radical move of God in your midst, in this region and in America and indeed around the world. I heard the Lord say that this move of God here in your midst is going to be marked by supernatural manifestations of my power and glory through signs, wonders, and miracles, which will be accompanied by swift and sweet and tender demonstrations of my grace. And my kindness, which will be expressed through profound acts of salvation, healings, and deliverance. As I heard this, I, I saw a picture of you, Pastor David. And I felt the Lord wanted to speak to you. So I'm going to ask you to please, if you will, open your heart. And just, if you would stand, please. I ask this respectfully. 
I heard while I was in this time with the Lord that he said, David Olson, I have called you as a pioneer. I've called you as an apostolic and prophetic voice to this generation. Break up the fallow ground. Wade out into the deep. Leave the place of comfort and do not settle. For I have a destiny that I'm going to thrust upon you like a thick blanket of glory. The weight of which will pull you to your face in prayer and intercession. And like Moses did, there I will show you my face. There I will speak to you face to face. The Lord continued, you are one of my shining ones, David Olson. I have handpicked you. When I passed by you and I saw you struggling and helplessly kicking about in your blood, I came as you lay there in your blood and I said to you, live. And I saved you and I rescued you. I saved and rescued you for my divine purpose. Train, equip and launch an army of my shining ones to go out into the world as light and salt. This is part of your commission. For the message of the gospel is my power unto salvation. Go into the byways and highways. Go after those who others deem unfit, undesirable, degenerate. For those are the ones I'm inviting to the king's banqueting table. And I will drape them with my banner of love and shower them with my beauty and my grace. And I will turn their mourning into dancing. And I will give them beautiful ashes. And watch how I will mark this place, this place, this church, this epicenter. Watch how I will mark it with my presence, with my Shekinah glory. It shall linger and abide here within and upon. And I'm going to do extraordinary miracles in this place. Mark these words, please. And thousands will come to see and witness. Thousands will come to be healed and transformed by my power. I am beckoning you to, the, to wade out into the deep. And there... To let your nets down for a catch. There will be a harvest too large for you to contain. And suddenly this place will become too small for you. And you will have to stretch the curtains of your dwelling. For you shall expand to the left and to the right. And the glory of the Lord will rest upon you.
This is a house of habitation. This is a house that I have called to be a carrier of my glory. I will do this and I will do this swiftly for my name's sake. For the time is short, the time is urgent, the time is now. Just lift up holy hands to the Lord. You are worthy of it all, Santo, 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 Santo. Holy, 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 holy. Shimarasi, so if you can lift your voice, sing in the spirit for a few moments. For the suffering of your soul. The nations are yours as an inheritance, Lord. Receive the glory that's due to your name. <laughs> 
Blessing and glory and honor unto the Lamb who was slain. Blessing and glory and honor to the King. Majesty on high, we worship you. From every tribe and every tongue, you have prepared a people, a people for your glory, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. All my affection, all of my heart, all of my life. Mi todo vida es de ti, Señor. Shikarabasita. When I was here the last time I spoke to you about God's purpose and destiny for America. Once again I've come to tell you that God loves this nation. As my brother and sister have shared, I too carry an inestimable debt on behalf of an entire continent. I too am a fruit of the labors of men and women who have sacrificed some with their lives and with their very blood to see the gospel come to our continent. Those men and women, and I've been studying since the 1700s, 1800s of Americans that have left the shores of this nation. Now I get on a flight, perhaps 22, 28 hours, I come from Africa till here. Then it would take three months, four months, six months. Grueling journeys by sea. Many lives lost. The song that we sing, It Is Well, It Is Well With My Soul, was penned by a man whose wife and daughters returned back to America from a missionary journey. And they both sank. And in the midst of his sorrow, he picked up his pen and he said, When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You are benefactors, you are recipients, who knows? Perhaps your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents 
were amongst that company. And you are beneficiaries of a spiritual legacy and heritage and you don't even know it. Where they sent prayers into the future, into future generations that marked your life. Prayers that are now being answered in grandchildren and great, great, great grandchildren. So I've come to say thank you. But more than that, Jesus said the first will be last and the last will be first. You were first, you'll be last again. Now you are last. Before this great ingathering of the harvest comes to an end and the Lord returns, I've come once again to tell you that God loves this nation. God is jealous for America. There are powerful demonic forces. Not just demonic, it's principalities that are waging war over the soul of this nation, over the soul of your children and your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Wanting to hijack and assassinate a generation. And send them into hell. But the devil is a liar. No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. No weapon that's formed against this nation shall prosper. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. One puts a thousand to flight. When you come into agreement and you join two, the power of one is leveraged ten times. One puts a thousand to flight, two, not two thousand, ten thousand. Imagine what God can do with three, four, five, ten, a hundred. America shall be saved. There is a remnant here. That God has earmarked for his divine purposes. There is a remnant that's sta standing up and asking for the old paths. For the altars that have been erected by past generations. The wells that have been dug that is now filled up with debris, debris and with, with rocks. They are willing to undig those wells because they're smelling water. And the people in desert places need to drink. And there is a people that is not satisfied with the status quo. And they're sitting right here in this house. And so God wants America. He's jealous for America. 
Not only that, God needs America because America is part of God's end time plan. America is part of what God is doing in the earth in this time before the second coming of the Lord. And America has too much seed in the harvest fields of the world for the Lord to forget the love and generosity you've shown towards him and so many nations around the world. I've come to make an announcement by the Spirit of the Lord America, your time has come. God will arise and have mercy on you for the time to favor you. Yes, the set time has come. America is going to experience revival. America, friend of God, modern day Lazarus, hear the word of the Lord. You are coming out of your spiritual grave. Can these bones live again? Yes, indeed. There will be resurrection power and God will raise up a mighty army that will march through the land and march through the nations of the earth to proclaim Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord. There is going to be a spiritual awakening, a resurrection and revival power each year. I'm going to ask you to, to please give me laissez-faire, a little bit of, of room. This is, this is not going to be a typical sermon. I'm just going to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit and seek to transact what I believe has to happen here. Okay. I'm going to ask you to play the Costa Rica training video. And then what we're going to do after that is we go into transact spiritually. Now, please... There may be some of you who do not know Jesus. You may be visited this year, this morning. Welcome, bienvenido. Okay, just hold on before you play that. There may be some of you here who's got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. There may be some of you here who have once made a decision to follow the Lord and some are like the prodigal son you went back. Listen, today is a day of divine appointment. God is calling you back. God doesn't like what I don't like. I don't like my coffee to be lukewarm. He doesn't like lukewarmness. Either get an ice latte or get something that's hot. So that's what God says. He says, I'd rather that you are cold than I can ignite you. Or red hot, then I can use you. Okay? Now, some of you here, I'm speaking to especially the young generation. You have been marked by destiny. You are a miracle waiting to manifest. You are destiny waiting to manifest. So much is locked up on the inside of you, but you cannot have expression because you haven't found the revelation of your purpose and destiny. That destiny is hidden in God. 
And once you find it, you will be like one of these special forces that's willing to run into the battle and to give your life for the cause of Christ. And hear me and hear me well. There are young people here today that God is going to mock. He's going to mock you with His Holy Spirit. And He's going to set you ablaze and pour you out. As a drink offering of fire. Liquid fire. That's going to set your world, your sphere of influence. And beyond ablaze. With a passion and a love for God. You are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. You have just been waiting for the revelation of the cause. And God is going to awake this inside of you. Are we going to march to the land? Not double-minded. Because a person like that is unstable in all of what you do. Single-minded. Single-focused. So what are we going to do this morning? We're going to transact. And those people that I just spoke about, it's going to start with you saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you, back to you. I give my heart back to you. I've been looking for alternative courses and alternative ways. No, you are the beginning and the end. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, I rededicate all that I am and all that I desire to you. Watch what will happen. Are we ready with that video? Please just play this. There's a segment, by the way, I got engaged in April uh, this year. And I'll be getting married next year to a Colombian woman. She's a real beauty. But what is more beautiful about her is her heart and passion for the Lord. And a heart for the lost. And this is why I'm playing this video. This took place. For those who know, we are having a national movement that we're running in Costa Rica. All the churches of the nation involved. And this was in one of the trainings that we had in a place called Ciudad Nelly on the border of Costa Rica and Panama. And we were teaching and mobilizing the regional church for three days on evangelism, the Great Commission. And this is a clip of what happened, a short clip, so please... What I would like us to do is we're going to contend in prayer and intercession this morning for America for a few minutes. Please put the music back on. We're going to pray and intercede for your sons and your daughters, your grandsons and your granddaughters. Whether you want to stand or sit or fall on your knees on the ground or the altar or pace the floor. All of your family held hostage and in bondage by the devil. We are going to contend for them.
Some of you have children and grandchildren battling drug addiction. They are in alternative lifestyles. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. They're struggling with issues of identity. They need Jesus. They don't need a sermon. They don't need a scolding. They need Jesus. They need an encounter with the love of God. I've come to announce to you this morning that deliverance is here. Our praying is not going to be a whisper, but a cry of intercession. Like a woman who goes into labor about to give birth to a baby. This morning, God is calling you to birth your sons and your daughters by calling them forth into their purpose and into their destiny. Let's contend for their souls. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. There's not a time to look cute. There's not a time for you to be on the sidelines. There's a time for you to enter in. The destiny of your children, the destiny of your descendants, the destiny and legacy of generations are at stake right now. Content for their souls. Content for their lives. If you will not do it, who's going to do it? I'm talking about your family now. Sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, abuelas, abuelos. Grandfathers, grandmothers, uncles, aunts, nephews, nieces. I'm talking about your blood family. I'm asking not one person to be a spectator. Not one. And then afterwards, we're going to pray for this nation. But now we're praying for your family. Call them by name. Call them out of drugs. Call them out of rebellion. Call them out of pain. Call them out of abuse. Call them out of confusion. Call them out of identity crisis. Call them out of anger. Call them out of bitterness. Call them out of disappointment. Call them out of broken hearts. And thrust them into the heart of the Father. Drive them into the loving arms of a loving God. Who has not come to judge them. But who has come to love them. And to save them. And to embrace them. God loves people. He has reserved one day to judge the world. This is not the day of judgment. This is the day of grace. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of jubilee. Where debts get cancelled. It's written off. Where there's Restoration. Of broken hearts and broken lives and broken marriages. 
Where destinies are restored. Destinies are birthed. Call them out. Call them out. Call them out. These are you. This is your family. I'm looking for a man or a woman who will stand in the gap. That's what the Lord says. I'm looking for a man and a woman, a boy and a girl, a young man, a young woman that will stand in the gap and say, Lord, I'm going to take this time and give my life as an instrument of intercession. There's somebody in prison. Prison. You, 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 you are here. You're a family member that's in prison. Call them by name. God is moving on them right now. There's somebody in hospital. I'm saying somebody in a hospital bed. Pray for them right now. God is doing something. we call them out of darkness into your marvelous light. We call them into a radical encounter with you, Jesus. We call them into a love encounter with you. We speak forgiveness over them. Lord, we speak apologies over them. Forgive us for having judged you. Forgive us. We stand in the gap for you. We stand in the gap for you. We say to you, you are precious. You are beautiful. You are honored in the sight of God. You are loved. You are important to God and important to his plan. You're not a nobody. You're not insignificant. We speak value over you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It is not the will of God that anyone should perish, but all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. We speak grace over you. Forgiveness over you. Healing over you. Deliverance over you. Lift up your voice. There are women here. Just release that cry. Release that sound. Release it. Release the travail of the Spirit. Release the travail and the groanings of the Spirit. Shaka. Release the travail and the groanings of the Spirit. All of creation is groaning, waiting for the sons of God to manifest. We do not know how we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings. With groanings that cannot be uttered in words.
We're going to pray for America as a nation, starting with the president, President Biden. Don't say that he's not your president. Don't say that you didn't vote for him. The Bible says that we've got to pray for those in authority so that we can live quiet and peaceable lives here. He is a soul that needs to be saved if he's not saved. Together with all of those congressmen, all of those senators, we're going to pray for Capitol Hill. We're going to pray for all of those law, Congress, for the House. Let's lift up the government of the United States of America. The government is upon his shoulders. Let's just pray intercede for the government, the powers, the authorities of this nation, all the influences, the gatekeepers that the enemy wants to use. And let's make it declaration. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up your ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Let's pray for America. We lift up the president of America with his cabinet and all those whom you have raised up, Lord, and all those who are in power right now. We speak the revelation of Jesus, the glorious gospel to them. We pray that the light, we send the light of the gospel to their hearts, just like you spoke in the beginning, into darkness and said, let there be light. We speak to their hearts and we say, let there be light. Let the light of the truth of the gospel reach your ears and reach your heart and reach your eyes, that you become born again, transformed by the power of God and by the love of God. And we bind this nation to the covenants that have been made before God. In many, many years past by ancient fathers of this nation. We recall those covenants. And we breathe life over them. And we enforce them in the spirit. As for me and my house. As for me in the House of Congress. As for me in the Senate. As for me and every mayor, every governor. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We speak it over this nation. Turn the tide of wickedness. Turn the tide of evil. Your word says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. We raise up the standard of the kingdom of God. We raise up the standard of your righteousness. We raise up the standard of your truth. Expose the lies. Expose the corruption. Expose all the underworkings of the underworld, Lord. And let truth set free in this nation. Be set free in this nation. Lastly, let us pray for the nation, America. There are people who are hurting. There are people who are disappointed. There are people who are struggling. There are people in financial dire straits. There are people right now where their eternal destinies in the balance wanting to commit suicide. 
There are people in desperate situations from East Coast to West Coast. From the Gulf Coast right up to Wisconsin all across this land. Come on, let's lift up this nation before the Lord for a few more moments. Just a few more moments. Lift up America. God bless America. God bless America. America bless God. God bless America. And America bless God. Sing God bless America. Let your music continue to play. Let's just sing the blessing of God over this nation. Sing that if you can. One, two, three. God bless. Last phrase again. God bless America, my home, sweet In the 1940s, a United States ship line proposed to build a new ship that they would call the SS United States. The cost was close to $80 million. This was going to be the largest ship ever created in America and the fastest ship in the world. The United States government, upon hearing of the project, invested $50 million into the building of this new ship. The government's plan was to use it as a troop carrier. 
that would be able to transport some 15,000 troops into battle, if necessary, in the time of war in 1952. Nineteen fifty-two, this ship was completed and it finally set sail with ambitions to break records in transatlantic travel. And they carried it out, they succeeded. They broke records for transatlantic travel that stand to this day. But the ship was never used as a troop carrier. Instead, it made history as a luxury liner that catered to the wealthy patrons. It finally transported its last customers in 1969. And since 1996, the SS United States have been docked at Pier 82 on the De Delaware River in Philadelphia with rust and decay setting in and all over it right now. Never having achieved the purpose for which it was originally designed and built. Beloved, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. The Great Commission, where Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. The Great Commission is a simple reminder that the church is a troop carrier, not a luxury liner. The church is a war vessel, not a tourist attraction. We are on mission for the Lord. And our mission is the Great Commission. For many, it has become the great omission. But we've been given a commission as the second last commandment that Jesus gave before he ascended to heaven. The last being, wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave this place. Don't start and carry out the great commission without the power. And he said, you will receive power, Acts 1.8. When the Holy Spirit comes and lives within and comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses starting in Jerusalem, which is your immediate sphere of influence. Where God called you to be a salt and light right here. Where you live, where you work, where you school, where you play, where you go to the mall. That is your Jerusalem. Right here around this place, Heartland. Ankeny. Every disciple 
have been called to fulfill the Great Commission. It is not just a task for evangelists. If you claim to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, then you must be a soul winner. This is how Jesus called his disciples. He said, follow me and I will, not optional, I will make you a fisher of men. Every disciple has been called to be a soul winner. Do you know what is the crux of the Great Commission? It's to go and make disciples. And I'm going to close by reading out of the words of our master, what is a disciple? And what does it take to become a disciple of Jesus? Jesus spoke to crowds of thousands. One time he had 5,000 only men, not counting the women and children. But when he was done, there were only 12 left and one was a devil, Judas. At the end, before he ascends to heaven, there's only 120 people. That's positioned to follow through this radical commitment to let his glory and his name and his commission be spread to the ends of the earth. I'm landing the plane. I've got two minutes. I wonder if Jesus had to be here in person today. And compared what we call a Christian today versus what he called a disciple, a follower of him. What he would say about that. To be a disciple requires radical obedience. And you know what? It's not something you grow into. It is the requirements of entry. In fact, Jesus did not encourage people to follow him. He said, please don't follow me. I want you to first sit down and count the cost. It's not going to cost you something. It's going to cost you everything. He said, does a man start to build a house without counting the cost? Don't be in a hurry to start. Lest you cannot finish it because you haven't counted the cost. The second analogy with following him, he said, would you go out to war and not size up your enemy and know that you have enough firepower? He says, please don't follow me. Don't be, don't, don't be in a rush. We are called to go into the world to make disciples. Not Christians. Disciples. Followers of Jesus. I'm closing. Hudson Taylor, the missionary to China, wrote, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. And this is in closing. 
what I want to show you. The cost of following Jesus. Large crowds were traveling with him. And turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother. His wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. Oh. Suppose one of you builds the tower. Suppose of you, suppose one of you go to war. I just explained that. Jesus said you have to count the cost. Now, is Jesus saying that we must hate our wife, hate our mother, hate our father? It doesn't strike and coincide with the rest of the Bible, with what God tells us to be there. Husbands love your wives. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying hate them. What he's saying is this as I close. When you compare your affection, your human affection, to the supremacy of your affection for Christ, when you compare the two, when you weigh it up, your affection and loyalty and allegiance and love for Christ will be so supreme that your love for people, family members, human relationships will look like hatred in comparison with your love for Him. The cost of following Him. And so this morning, God is calling you as a disciple to be a fisher of men. He's calling each one of us to be tasked with a great commission. We are not a luxury liner. We are a battleship. The gospel has to be spread to the ends of the earth. You can be involved to do that starting here. And you can be involved to help spread the gospel by being a sending missionary. How do you do that? Your resources. Your finances. You cannot go to China perhaps, but your dollars can. You cannot go to Costa Rica. You cannot go to Africa. But you can release resources and capacitate people who says, I will be willing and I have the call to be the feet of Jesus to the ends of the earth while you work Jerusalem. So I pray as I close that God will move in your hearts. That today he would have marked your heart. With what breaks his, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.